Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hey, good evening, football fans. We're back to Monday nights for the Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic this week, who we welcome in now. Hey, Coach, how was your week this week? It was good morning. How was yours? Uh, it was uh, pretty good, thanks. The weather turned up here, though. Uh, it's, uh, we got a little snow uh, the last couple of days, and the temperatures are starting to fall. So as the uh, uh, the mention from uh, Jiffy Lube goes, uh, make sure you winterize and get ready for winter. You don't have to worry about that right now, do you? No, not yet. Uh, yeah, it's still pretty warm down here today. I uh, I checked. I was watching the the two NFL games a little bit on Sunday uh, from uh, from uh, Florida, and I checked the temperatures, and it was like 28 Celsius and 30 Celsius. So, uh, little wind and rain, but still pretty hot. So you're you, uh, enjoy that weather because sooner soon enough you'll be up here uh, once again, and uh, you'll be playing fall football, which is the exciting time of the year. And and it's it's kind of funny. Everyone talked about how they start to miss football more uh, this season when Labor Day came and the weather started to change a little bit because that's that's when everybody gets so excited about what lies ahead up here. And I guess it, it's just part of dealing with everything we're going through right now is just dealing with no football. Yeah, it's getting harder, I think, every week for me, actually. Uh, you'd think it'd get easier, but the more you're watching football, I guess the more it makes you miss it. Um, you know, talking with the coaches today, we I was just watching this game on TV the the Cardinals game, and they just scored on a play that we have. And I was sending out texts to the guys, "Hey, that's the play we talked about today." And um, yeah, it's uh, it's not a lot of fun right now. We all wish we'd be out there and, and doing our thing. That's for sure. Twenty-one nothing Cardinals uh, lead uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who are uh, going without their quarterback now for the rest of the year with that injury to Prescott, which is uh, which was uh, pretty ugly. Yeah, I, I, I wondered when the NFL season started, and, and I don't watch a lot of U.S. college football. I, I do a little bit, but I wondered when it started how it would make me feel. It would be nice to see football, or if it would make me miss it more uh, because I'm getting to see somebody else, you know, look after football. I, I kind of it depends on the day. I kind of feel both ways, and I guess it's it's nice to see it, but it, it kind of makes you sad that you don't get to take part in it, eh? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a little bit of both. It's nice to be able to watch something because you miss it so bad, but it makes it even worse that you're not playing. So um, it's good to be able to watch some football. All right, we can talk about the Canadian Football League and the uh, and the Double E Football Club. But uh, last week we uh, we talked a lot about offense and and what you have uh, coming on the offensive side of the football. So tonight we're gonna uh, we're gonna go to the defensive side a little bit. And and first off, Scott, it seemed right from the start when you got this job, you wanted uh, Noel Thorpe as your defensive coordinator. Tell me about your relationship with him and why he is a fit for your staff. Yeah, I've known I've known Noel for. Well, really, since the, the same time I met Brock, that same year, my first year in Montreal, um, Noel was the special teams coordinator. So I got to know him there. Just a great teacher, well-spoken. Um, he went on, of course, after that to, to be defensive coordinator for, oh, I don't know, the last 10 or 15 years. He, he was always one of the hardest guys I ever had to, to scheme against. Um especially his, his defenses in Montreal when he went back there as the coordinator. They were always so physical. Their linebackers were just 
punish the running backs, not only in, not only when they ran the ball, but when they'd pressure. I mean, they would just try to run them over. And it was just such a physical game, and he does such a nice job of keeping you off balance as a play caller. You know, when you're when you're a coordinator and you call the plays offensively, you know the guys that are that are difficult to scheme against. And um, Noel was was you know, at the top of that list. So I had been trying to get him on my staff for years when I was in Toronto, and it just never worked out because he was always with somebody else, and, and this time it did, so we jumped at it. You, you can't really uh, reinvent the wheel, but uh, does he not come pretty close to doing that with some of the exotic formations and the different things he does with his defense? Yeah, I mean, he, the, the thing that he does is, a little bit of everything. You know, my first coordinator when I was in, in Toronto, Rick Jones, who was also on that staff in, in uh, Montreal. And they're aggressive. They'll zero blitz you, but then they'll also drop eight and play coverage. And they'll do things that, you know, Chris used to call it the no-throw zone. So I'd say, Chris, well, nobody's covering the flat over here. It's the weak side. And he's like, well, you know, I've schemed it. They don't throw it there. And I'm like, if they do throw it there, we're in trouble. Well, sure enough, they wouldn't. You know, he would know by by film study that that's just not part of what they do. And Noel's the same way, where he'll do some things maybe that um, are a little bit different, but that's what you have to do in the CFL. If you just go out there and try to play, you know, sound NFL style of defense all the time with guys waggling and all those things going on, five receivers and everybody that can out, it's just almost impossible to stop people so the best guys that do this now are they think outside the box they have pressures that are hard to pick up they make it difficult on your quarterback to know what coverage they're in Noel does all those things and um, we're really lucky to have him I'm really looking forward to what he's going to do with our defense uh, I talked to him a couple of months ago, and and he talked about his style of defense, and and he, you know he said I said the fans always want to see pressure, and and he said that's big, a big part of what he does. It's it's no secret you have to have good pressure in the Canadian Football League, especially in a three down game to be successful. But there's a big difference between talking about it and trying it and being able to create it in different ways. And I think looking back to 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 what Noel did with his defenses in Ottawa uh, last year and in Montreal in years previous is is that's what he does. It's 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 all sorts of pressure straight up the front you know from the side disguise pressure whatever he always seems to give the quarterback some issues yeah there's no question i mean he'll blitz you and he'll do blitz personnel groups that most most defensive coordinators in our league won't do so a lot of teams you get into two tight end sets they won't pressure it but but Noel still will and that's something you have to consider you know he's got a whole three down package and all the twisting and the pressures that come the interior and then, you know, we're fortunate, or at least if we're able to re-sign the guys that we've had, we've got a really good front four. And those guys, when they can rush the passer without having to do any of those things, that's where your turnovers come in because now you can play some zone behind it and all your DBs are looking at the quarterback and he has to unload it. So um, I think you need to have all those things. I don't think you can just be a pressure guy or just be a cover guy or just be a four-down guy. I think you need to, nowadays in the CFL especially, where it's so difficult defensively, you've got to be able to have a little bit of everything to keep them off balance. 
All right, you mentioned some of the D-line guys. We'll get to those guys in a second when we talk a little bit more about personnel. I want to ask you, you are head coach and offensive coordinator, so obviously you have a very full plate. What kind of role do you take as head coach with the defense? How involved are you, and let's maybe break this down into two parts, how involved are you with the defense during the week, and then how involved are you with the defense on game day? Uh, I would say on game day, not a ton. Um, Noel and I, at least thus far are really on the same page philosophically on, on how we're going to do things. So what should happen is during the week, I'll watch all the film, offense, defense, and special teams. And if I see something that I disagree with, I'll talk to him about it. Hey, when are you planning on using this? Why are you planning on using this? What are we planning on getting out of it? And if there's a good answer, you know, we'll keep it in. But if it, if it doesn't make sense, then we'll take it out. So really where I come into play defensively, on game day is um, situational football. You know, we have a big lead or uh, two touchdown lead late in the game. You know, I, I might just say, hey, hey, no, let's let's make them earn it here. This probably isn't the time to, to zero blitz them and give them a chance to get back in it quick. And those are things that Noel would do anyway. But that that's kind of where I come into play, just as little reminders, hey, I, you know, I don't want to see this here. And uh, But there's not a lot of that. I, generally, I hire the guys because I, I believe in what they're doing and, and I trust them to do their job. That's part of being a head coach, right? Hire the right guy to do the job and let him do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't do everything. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And uh, um, that's, why the, that's why the staff's so important, and uh, I got one of the best to know. I, I got a ton of faith in him. Uh, what's the back and forth like during the week uh, with your DC as as an OC and a DC talking? Uh, is there often conversations about, okay, I'm thinking about doing this. If I did this, how would you defend this? Or <laughs> the other way around and say, if I want to do this defensively, what would you, how would you attack my defense this way? How, what are those conversations like? Yeah, that's part of my favorite part of the game. And uh, that happens a lot. It happens now as we speak. It happened just yesterday. I sent Noel something and said, hey, thinking about doing this, what do you think? And he'll do the same. Hey, hey, I've got this pressure in. Is this going to be a hard one for you guys to pick up? And um, that's the good back and forth I think that you need to have because offensive coaches look at things differently than defensive coaches and vice versa. So uh, when you have that kind of relationship and you're open and trusting and not trying to – you know, some coaches offensively and defensively, they try to hide their little secrets, even from guys on the same team. But that doesn't that doesn't do you any any good. So th- there will be a lot of really open conversation as to, hey, I don't really like that. What do you think? And and, and back and forth. Same thing uh, with him about our offense. I bet those get pretty fun sometimes, eh? Well, they do. I mean, it's such a you get a, a totally different perspective and um, that's the hard thing about not having big staffs is you know, you got guys doing multiple jobs where you don't have as much free time to where the receivers coach could pop into the DB coach's room and say, hey, what do you see from this guy? What's he running? What kind of route, you know, is he giving off his route? Uh, those kind of things. It's it's a little bit harder in the CFL to have that back and forth because the staffs are so small. But um, 
this is a perfect time. The, the fact that we're not playing right now and we got all this time to kick things back and forth and study each other and all those things, we're getting a lot done that way. All right, you're listening to the Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic. It's brought to you by Jiffy Lube. My name is Morley Scott. We'll take a break and be back with more on Double E Radio, 630 Chet. A couple of Monday night football games today. One's in the books. Kansas City goes to 5-1. and one. They beat Buffalo 26-17. to 17. Bills have now lost two in a row after opening with four straight wins. And I believe it's at the half now. Arizona leads Dallas by a score of 21-3. to three. Talking with uh, Double E head coach Scott Milanovic. Uh, we're, we're focusing on the defense for the most part uh, on this week's show. You mentioned, Scott, uh, before the break about uh, when we talked about personnel briefly, you talked about your D-line. Uh, I mean, I was looking at it again today. Uh, you got uh, one great Canadian in Kwaku Boateng, one with all sorts of potential in, in Matthew Betts. You've got veterans like Sewell, Moore, uh, Steph Charles, and Jake Serezna added late last year. Is that group of players uh, pretty much the strength of your defense? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I feel we've got depth there. We've got guys that can rush the passer. Um, we added, you know, two rookies there uh, in the draft this year, Canadian rookies that I think have big upside and have the ability to help us on special teams. We we need um, we need to figure out the the rush end position, um, but we've got guys we've got guys on the roster we already know can do it. It's just how we're going to end up sorting them out. Mike Moore's a guy that can play inside or outside. You mentioned Botang um, and Butts. Um, you know what's going to happen with Elaine Pay? He hasn't. He's the guy that we drafted in the second round that has a ton of upside and I think can help us right away on special teams. But how ready is he going to be to play? You know, inside we're, we're you know I think we're loaded. We got Mike Moore and, and Serezna and then Mondo. Right. First thing I said to Mondo when I got the job was I'm just so glad I don't have to play against him. He he does so many things that don't show up in the box score. Pushes the pushes the palm. Just gets in the quarterback's face and makes it difficult. So. Um, we're uh, if we can get all the guys back that that are free, we're gonna we're gonna be in good shape there. As an old lineman, you got to lift a lot of weights to be as strong as Mondo, don't you? <laughs> we used to we used to stay up late at night trying to figure out how we were gonna get third and one with Mondo sitting right over the center. I mean, his arms are just so, so huge; he just gets so low and drives people back. It was uh, he's been a headache of mine for for years, so it's good to be on the same side as him now. He's going into his 10th season, 11 years in the Canadian Football League, including uh, this year where they don't play. What's your thought process on a guy like him? He's older at 33. He's been real good up until now. I'm imagining there's a fine line between getting rested and rejuvenated with a year off and also getting rusted and uh, and losing a step with the year off. There's going to be, I would think, a lot of guys in this league who are going to be in that position when play resumes in 21. Yeah, I agree. You know, we have a philosophy as players get older, as coaches, we have to do a good job of being able to put a finger on where they are physically and what they need to do game week to be prepared to play. A guy like Mondo, and again, I've never coached Mondo from the same side of the bench, but my guess is he probably doesn't need to take all the reps during the week that a younger player may because of his experience level. So there's ways that you can kind of um, take a little bit of that edge off their legs and, and get them ready when they're when they're in veteran status. But we'll have to find out those things uh, uh, when guys come to camp. Let's go to the defensive backfield. Uh, looks like wholesale changes coming up at that position. I think only Forrest Hyattower, uh, Jordan Hoover, and, and Godfrey Onyeka coming back, guys who started games for uh, the Double E last year. 
Uh, You've watched film. I know uh, they added uh, Jonathan Mincy at at free agency time, and I'm sure some more free agents will come in as well before training camp begins whenever it does begin. Uh, Your take on the defensive backfield. My take last year was uh, a good group of players, but they just couldn't stay healthy, and and they had to be just moving guys in and out all season long, moving guys around from position to position all season long because of injuries. I think it would have been a, a much different story for that group of players if they had stayed healthy. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, we're going to have to build some depth there. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Mincy's. Uh, I think he'll do a nice job. Uh, I think Godfrey does a nice job at the field corner. I feel good about those guys. Brian Walker, I think, is a really underrated player. at the. We call him a Sam linebacker, but really he's, he's like a nickel DB. Um, also, by the way, I, I think an amazing special teams player. I just love the way he, he plays the game. You know, Hoover and Gabriel and Hunter at safety, I'm familiar with all those guys, good football players. Really, we're going to need to build some depth, and we've got to find answers at the halfback position. Forrest has played some, and then um, we've got a couple question marks there. But we need to not only keep those guys that we know about healthy, but uh, the guys that Brock brought in, we've got to find the best ones of those and and, um, build some depth there in case we have the injuries like we did two years ago. All right, we got about uh, 90 seconds here, Scott. Tell me about uh, the linebacking core. Uh, it's going to be the third year in a row at uh, a middle linebacker uh, with a change at the middle linebacker spot from J.C. Sherrod to Larry Dean to, to Justin Toggle. And again, all these talks of players is with the asterisk because we don't know what the contract situations are going to be going forward. But assuming Justin Tuggle's the guy, how difficult is that on the linebacking core to keep moving in uh, new middle linebackers year after year after year? Well, for us, I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal just because it's going to be a scheme change anyway. So it's not like um, the guys that were there were going to be familiar with Noel's scheme. So I, I've talked to Justin a lot. I think he's a heady player. He's played in the NFL. His dad played. Uh, I think he'll be a seamless transition there. And then, you know, obviously Vontae had a, had a great year last year. And, and Santos Knox, I think, is a heck of a football player, another guy that was kind of banged up. We need to build some depth there also. We didn't get much out of our, our backup linebackers, uh, special teams-wise. So um, that's somewhere where, you know, we gotta we got to get everybody re-signed and then, and then we got to find some depth that's going to be able to really help AJ on special teams. All right, uh, Scott, we got lots to talk about still, and we'll uh, get to that over the, uh, the next few weeks. I'm sure uh, these half hours go pretty quick when we get into it talking football. Thanks for your time again, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, have yourself a good week, and we will talk again one week from tonight on the WE Coaches Show. Thanks, Scott. Okay, Morley. Thanks a lot. All right, that is uh, the head coach of the Green and Gold, Scott Milanovic, as uh, uh, he joins us here each and every Monday night, 7.30, on the Double E Coaches Show, uh, brought to you by uh, Jiffy Le- 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.